0: I think it's more to do with like the neurological kind of side if you think about it if we're talking about brain marrows and spinal marrow even now like neuroscience is still like not as well understood compared to everything else so I guess it kind of was like an afterthought but also it kind of makes sense when you think about how the bone is associated with the kidney so it's kind of taking their original thought and just adding a bit more to it as they learn more, I think.
1: Welcome back to the Forever Young podcast, a Chinese medicine podcast hosted by Chinese medicine graduates. We release episodes every week on a Thursday, and if you're new here, feel free to subscribe or follow us to keep up to date with our uploads. I'm Brennan, and I'm joined by Charlene. Nick. Hey guys, how we going? And Timmy. Hey yo. Now, I believe this is part 10 of our introductory series. Uh, we're coming into the last couple episodes. Uh, if you haven't listened to our previous episodes, make sure to watch some of the earlier episodes just to keep up to date, specifically the first like maybe two or three because then we actually summarise what this is. But I mean, I also summarise it every episode. Um... This week we'll go into a little bit more of the different side of organs, uh, breaking them down to, and this this series is us just breaking it down to the basics. Uh, Before we go on uh, talking about these organs, it's important to understand that the Chinese medicine perspective of the organs is a little bit different to the typical science-based Western medicine perspectives. The organs are seen for a little bit more than their physiological function and structure in our field. Um, They possess a Chinese medicine function, which sometimes aren't really in line with the Western medicine function. Um, but sometimes aren't like are aren't sorry Um, which can get a little bit confusing to wrap your head around if your understanding of the body is completely western medicine based Um, and yeah uh, and uh, this is our introductory series um, and our aim is really just to where we want to help those that are curious um, in traditional Chinese medicine Um, and we want to cover the fundamental perspectives principles on Chinese uh, traditional Chinese medicine, while modern medicine seeks to unveil the mechanisms behind the veil of symptoms, there's a still a lot that is left unknown, and that's where Chinese medicine can help. Shout out to Timmy, he and today there, <laughs> he got there. He got there. <sighs> <laughs> <And me>. God, <laughs> I did, I only started like I only started like twice or three times. Like it's that's a new that's a new record. I'm you telling got you. There. Yes, um, today we are talking about the. Okay, I wrote eight, but that's actually six. Um, the six extraordinary organs. Um, we don't talk about these that much. Personally, I don't really... It doesn't really come up for me that much. Um, but it does, surprisingly, when I start thinking about it, it does come up when we talk about a lot of pathogenesis and what affects what. Um, the extraordinary organs are marrow, bone, brain, uterus, vessels, and funnily enough, the gallbladder is also involved. Um Mostly these are... Um, oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> <laughs> Midway doing the intro and he... <laughs> 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 Someone just spat up on their damn mic. Lord. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if you, if you don't know what uh, Nick's talking about, well, we just did our spring episode where we talk about hay fever. And I think uh, Nick is experiencing a little bit of that. Sounds like Exhibit A. Exhibit A. Exhibit A. <laughs> Great
2: plug there too.
1: Hmm. Indeed, you gotta you gotta sway it back. Anyway, um. So I think I think I, I don't know if I said it already, but each of each are controlled by a main, zhang organ, and I've noticed a trend that mostly either heart, liver, or kidney. Um, does anyone have uh, any more info to give about the extraordinary organs? I don't really pertain to much of an element per se, so I can't really give like a quick five elements or zang-fu Theory lowdown. But does anyone have anything to add about the basic understanding of them? Uh, should we list them?
3: Might stick-
0: be a good start. <laughs> you were sneezing. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: uh, okay, cool. oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> to do one of these. <laughs> um, I,
0: I think we could say that um, they're kind of a full organ because they're like hollow as well. So um, they don't really create any of that um, essence or vital substances we we're talking about. And they're more to do with storing them. Would you agree? I, I kind of
1: see it also as like a, like a, a resource too. Like I agree, hundred percent. But I also also see them playing as a resource because you see a lot in the pathogenesis where it's like uh, not enough marrow or not enough. I was gonna say not enough bone, but like weaker <laughs> bones or whatever. Um, I think I think it's like a kind of like something that constantly has to be replenished, I guess, or like nourished. Um, it doesn't necessarily have a like full-on function I, I say that but then i think about the uterus and it's like super complex and i'm like yeah sure but <laughs> um that's i think that's i guess that's why they're called the extraordinary organs because it's just there's just it, it's sort of like a fully fledged organ but it's not at the same time like yeah it's somewhere
3: whatever. between like the yin organs and the young organs um they yeah like the gallbladder is in there because it's it's kind of a young organ, kind of a Yin organ, but sort of in the middle um, in terms of like storing uh, substance and then aiding digestion as well. So it's, it's kind of half-half. I mean, and all these extraordinary organs are a little bit half-half. And yeah, we were discussing yeah, earlier yeah. about the origins of these organs. I think that's an interesting
1: topic. Did you want to go into that? Did anybody? Yeah. because <laughs> well, <laughs> asked. No, because Timmy asked a really good question, so I thought, if you remember it, that is, because it was a couple minutes ago.
2: Uh, we were just talking about how, in the like the ancient Chinese days, when they started forming all these sort of systems and organs, like, what is the main reason why they sort of? Didn't include stuff, so we haven't really talked about what the extraordinary organs are. But they're the marrow, the brain, the uterus, the vessels, the bones. Did I say bones already? And the gallbladder. Did I say bones <laughs> twice?
1: Did you? Hold on, let me let me list them again. Um, the marrow, brain, the marrow- uterus, vessels,
3: bones, and gallbladder. Yes. Yep. Correct. Yes. Yep. So there's two B uh,
2: words. <laughs> they're two big words. L- that's l- right. l- l- I think. <clears throat> I think the the biggest thing about these organs and why they're extraordinary from what Nick mentioned off the podcast was because when they had a look and they cut open people back in those days to have a look at sort of how organs and stuff function, they didn't really see these organs specifically affecting that whole sort of breathe in air, help digestion, that whole upper, middle, sort of lower compartment jowls doing their functionalities.
1: Yeah, there's no, there was no dynamic character to them. They just kind of just existed, I guess. Because, like, with the heart, you can see it pumping. With the lungs, you can see them expanding and, in, in like... What's the opposite of expand? <laughs> Contracting. <laughs> Contracting. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, yeah, you can actually see those, like, In motion, but I mean, if you look at, I mean, if you if you see a bone, you're gonna just see it as like just a structure and that existing. And it can, and the quality of the actual bone and all that can change depending on the health. Um, But for someone that is just, you know, doing a basic autopsy uh, without much knowledge of the body, and they see a bone, they're like, oh, look, it's a part of the body, but it's not really doing anything um, until they investigated it further.
2: Yeah, and that's that's not yeah, to say I that it's.
3: Oh, no, no, no go.
2: Uh, I was just gonna say that's not to say that they're not important because I think they're they're very important in their own ways and their own functionalities. But in terms of that big system body, they just sort of have their own thing going, or they're there just to support the organs. Yeah, and that's their it.
3: Functions. And I think sort of, I think as um, the Chinese learnt more about. It, how the body works and, you know, viewing more patterns, they could see certain issues wrong with each of these aspects of the extraordinary organs. Um, and, you know, obviously they're all linked in the classical text that um, each organ helps one of these extraordinary organs in some way or controls them or has something to do with them. So, you know, as they learn more about anatomy and as they learn more about how the body works they could sort of connect these extra branches onto, you know, the Zung Fu organs. Um, You know, like we're saying, they weren't directly involved in in digestion or breathing Qi circulation, but they could see that they were important somehow. Um, And, you know, just like the pancreas attached to the liver and stuff, they didn't really know what it was. Um, The pancreas isn't really considered one of the extraordinary organs and it's kind of just linked in with the liver and that's due to the fact that they didn't know what it was Um, and then the inclusion of Western medicine you know coming across into China would have had an influence on that again
1: I find it quite interesting how they came to those types of conclusions and that just from the way they investigated Um, I know like if you date back to like Western medicine the structure is very similar but the way they derive um, a lot of the functions uh, I think just in general for each of the organs uh, is really cool how like they might have dissected and like seen oh there's uh, there's a high amount of blood in the heart or like they would have looked at how the the lungs move or whatever and been like oh that facilitates air and things like that and then added on to the the yin and yang theory to the human body and you know five elements theory into the body and then kind of put that together I find that really really cool I think right. it's
3: it's probably because the medicine come before the anatomy. Like they were, um, this is my understanding of their history. But they would, the doctors were treating people and you know using uh, natural medicines to to help ailments before they learnt what the body was. Uh, like they were before, before they, were they learned the
1: why dissections
3: and yeah. Um, you know, before they were doing dissections and cutting open people and, you know, actually viewing what was happening. Um, yeah. Yeah, because like, you, you sort of know what's in the body or somewhat, you know, by what you can feel and what you can touch. Um, so, yeah, I think that that would have had an influence on that. You know, the theory comes before the physical presence of the heart, the lungs.
1: Yeah, so, like, yeah, I, that, that's where... My understanding differs because I thought, well, I would think that the yin and yang theory and the five elements theory actually came before um, dissections and actual, uh, I guess, Chinese medical examinations where they do the dissections and disse- dissections and that. So then they applied the lifestyle theories of yin and yang and the five yeah. elements theory onto their understanding of the body afterwards. Um, that That's what I thought kind of. Happen? I'm. I, I'm not a very good. Yeah, yeah. So it's advocate for. History. No, no. no yeah, we're, we're saying history. the same sort of stuff. Yeah, are we? Are we saying same. the same thing? No, no. no, no Nick. I
3: think. Yeah, yeah we're, we're on the same same thing. Because no, cause the I heard theory.
1: I heard the theory come after, and I'm like. I don't oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, it's before. <laughs> the, I no.
3: That, yeah, I believe the theory comes before, so they knew the theory, and then they started cutting people open, to learn what was inside, mm. and then they're like, oh well, this must be matched with this, because this is our theory, and this is. This is what's right,
1: um, and this is the
3: physical aspect of what we have.
1: Yeah, and and you see that a lot. It's just like the, really general, the general, the uh, general Chinese slash Asian population have an already a understanding of the theories themselves, and they intertwine it with their lives. So before they even just understand the Chinese medicine part of it, like uh, um a lot of people are like, don't go out. A lot of Asian people are like, don't go out while your hair's wet because. You're gonna get sick. It's like they already have those uh, lifestyle understandings before they understand why that happens. So I guess uh, when they were examining, they were understanding the why of why these things happen. Why do you uh, pass out when you get hot, or um, why is it that some people's skin is more drier than the other, and what what does that mean internally, and so on? <laughs> you look confused, dog. Huh? Do yeah, yeah was that was like mad confused face
2: i was like oh this this analogy is going down a strange path it's like that no, it wasn't an analogy
1: <laughs> it was just it was examples <laughs> discussion i guess
2: yeah discussion examples mm. um
1: yeah think so
3: shall just, we yeah oh no go no, uh, go tom Do you have something to say yeah
2: <laughs> i was just gonna say going back to what charlene was saying earlier how the extraordinary organs are more their fu organs because they're hollow. I think these sort of organs as well like generally like to be more sort of yin in nature, so they like to have more of that yin aspect, so like blood nourishment stuff, compared to the chi aspect, which is the yang. Um, I was just gonna segue us into sort of what are the actual extraordinary organs now that we've given that sort of foundation. What what do they what do they do? Why do we For keep sure. talking about them?
1: Let's go. Do you want to break it down one by one? Yeah, yeah, might we as well. can. All right, all right. So on my list um, is marrow uh, first, and apparently it's controlled um, by the kidneys, um, and this includes like the brain marrow, the spinal marrow, and the bone marrow, um, and on this apparently the marrow nourishes the brain and the spinal cord uh, with their with the jing, that's why the kidney is um, involved. Um and yeah, does anyone have anything to add to that? Because I don't have a lot, but
3: again there's not much there's not much mm. else to say other than, you know, it's linked quite closely to the essence. Um, so that, that kidney jing that we talk about. Um, which makes sense from like a Western point of view. Uh, you know the marrow is sort of where the bu- uh, where the blood is made um, so it's, it's and it stores you know a, some of that vital substance that we need
1: yeah um, it, in it, life. I guess I, I guess in a, you could say that like the it kind of so the, the marrow kind of controls the vitality of the actual body and if you if your marrow is good you're feeling uh, very like kind of active, light and agile, not like fatigued or heavy. Um, and when you see a, a deficiency, there's more of like a, you know, your dizziness, your tinnitus, uh, you get a little fatigue and kind of like, uh, like a lassitudeness where you just like feel real heavy. Um, and that's where you, that's where you'd think, oh, you know, it could be deficient in marrow. Um, again, in pathogenesis, I kind of think that like, uh, looking at extraordinary organs in pathogenesis, yeah, I feel like I don't do it that often, but it's still good to think about.
3: No. But
2: didn't yeah, you guys something say Something I've in gotten the here Oh, well, yep What's something else oh, You've got written Oh,
3: here? no uh, The only thing I've gotten written here Is if the kidneys are deficient Marrow cannot be abundant um, So that just ties in With what B was saying before Go but on, Didn't it. you guys uh, B say B you
2: In your introductory series That the spleen Produces the blood? I th- what does the marrow do then?
1: What a curveball It contributes to It contributes <laughs> look i feel like that the the western medicine understanding of marrow is producing the blood mm-hmm. i guess um in a way to tie western medicine and chinese medicine together um it does like nick said, contribute to the produ- production of blood um i guess maybe the in a way the blood side um i don't i personally don't know a lot of its contribution to blood All I know is about like the vitality in the Agileness, agility, of um, the body, but that's all I got. Can't fully answer that.
3: I feel like it's, I feel like it's, you know, a part of that extra Western medicine inclusion into the Eastern world, um, where some Chinese practitioners knew that the bones contributed to some sort of blood making, but obviously attributed to the liver and the spleen um, in terms of how blood is made and how blood is stored um, because that's sort of what they knew in theory. And this is how their, you know, this is how our medicine um, views the body. So obviously the bones and the marrow have to have some some sort of impact um, from science base because, I mean, you can't sort of, in this day and age, you can't really deny the science behind so, it all.
2: So is it sort of tagged in at the end sort of like uh we didn't really know what to do with the marrow so they just sort of uh, slapped it in at the end
0: i think it's more to do with like the neurological kind of side if you think about it if we're talking about brain marrows and spinal marrow um i guess it's even now like neuroscience is still like not as well understood compared to everything else so i guess it kind of was like an afterthought, but also um, it kind of makes sense when you think about how the bone is associated with the kidney. So it's kind of taking their original thought and just adding a bit more to it as they learn more. I think
1: I, ha- I have something on this real quick, and it actually becomes a little bit more relevant when we uh, when we talk about bone, which we can actually talk about now just because. Um, but Uh, so just a quick overview just so we can get out of the way Um, bone is controlled by the kidney Um, anything that's bone related is usually treated through the the kidneys Um, and bone stores bone marrow Um, now marrow and bone marrow are two different things apparently (laughs) so this is this, and I can understand why this got really confusing um, because it confuses me right now but in Chinese medicine, the function of marrow, in which we we're talking about before, um, its function is to nourish the brain and the spinal cord, 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 cord um, um, and in in nourishing the brain and spinal cord, it contributes to form bone marrow. Okay, and bone marrow produces bone, and apparently, according to Sacred Lotus. It was it was not recognised that bone marrow produces blood, as in Western thinking. <laughs> Curveball, <laughs> <Thanks laughs> <Heart. laughs> um, that. Sorry, so I guess to TLDR that um, marrow yeah. nourishes a brain and spinal cord. Bone marrow produces bone. Yes, there's not really much to do with blood. I
2: think the the bone marrow in chinese medicine is sort of there for the protective and the maintenance of the actual bone it's like bones not doing so well uh, the bone marrow is there it's like the so the center or the nucleus part that can help nourish that bone in case there's any like problems there yeah i
1: guess when we is were talking to the kidney yeah, when we're talking about benefiting the bones, I guess we, we'd actually target uh, the bone marrow than the actual bones themselves because it's like, what are you going to do? You're going to add more bone to the bone? <laughs> you go towards the yeah, bone marrow right. to produce that, uh, to you know create more um, of that bone, I guess. Yeah, just like um,
2: strengthening the core sort of aspect. So yeah,
1: yeah, make so it more clinically- denser, the density.
2: Exactly.
3: Yeah, so clinically you go treat the kidneys to help the bone and the bone marrow. To, yeah, to strengthen that.
1: Side. Yeah, I think I think my understanding of it now, because I mean, along with the you listeners, I'm also learning about the extraordinary uh, extraordinary organs. Um, I wouldn't personally. I wouldn't really associate marrow or bone marrow with blood. Personally, um, I'm learning this right now, so um, uh, just but just to kind of not confuse you too much with Western medicine and Chinese medicine. I know that like com- completely just like steps on everything you guys just talked about. Um, but I, I guess for like it's a ease fine sake, yeah, it's a, it's a very fine line. It's very easy to get confused, but also it wouldn't hurt to know that because it's just, it's still true knowledge end of the day.
3: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So um, we say that this marrow... Is the brain matter the the marrow of the brain and the marrow of the spinal cord? Uh, the brain is an extraordinary organ itself. What are the functions
1: of the brain TCM wise? I guess um, to house the mental activity um, and apparently the it doesn't house the Shen, um, but the relation it's related to the heart in which the heart blood does nourish the Shen. Um, on top of the other functions uh it does can it does also help the liver to control the circulation of qi and also in order to help to kind of uh, to smooth out the emotions um and control control them as best as possible um it also controls the intelligence and the memory uh memory is a big one actually um and the five senses uh and that's governed by kind of the kidney side of the brain um so if you were to kind of split the brain into three categories, there's uh, kidney, which is the intelligence, memory, and five senses. There's the heart, the shen, and the mental activity. And then the liver, the circulation of chi, um, to uh, help with the smooth flow of emotions. Ta-da. <laughs> so what,
2: is, what does that mean by controls intelligence for you? Like, are you saying that, like, if my kidneys aren't functioning well, then it can't control my brain and my intelligence will decline. I feel like
1: it it could be... Um, like, intelligence and memory could be kind of together on that. I know, I know that um, uh, from learning from uh, back in uni, memory was also governed by the heart blood. And if you have a heart blood deficiency, then your memory is not that great. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong if, when I say that, though. Um, but... I feel like that the intelligence is more so uh, the re- retainment of it, of information. I feel like because that goes in kind of hand in hand with the memory, um, and being able to kind of recall and kind of store information in your brain, I guess is, is what we refer as an intelligence. I reckon. Is is that? It's yeah, emotion? I think
3: this comes back to. I think it comes back to rest- having balance within the body. You know, if the kidneys and the heart aren't in balance, you get a lot of that insomnia and anxiety and, you know, you can have that brain fog and not thinking clearly. And, you know, this is when we start to talk about intelligence and, you know, if we go back a few podcasts where you were talking about wisdom, Tom, you know, being wise and having wisdom and stuff like that, you know, it comes back to that, the balance of all these souls as well as you know blood and
2: yeah is is wisdom the same as intelligence for you though or memory
3: no i wouldn't I, say so
0: i think maybe intelligence is more related to the developmental side so um i guess i've seen it before um in children I guess who have neurological conditions and their intelligence and their iq is a bit lower and then um practitioners would treat the kidney side so i think maybe intelligence might not um be as noticeable in adults but if your kidneys um aren't supporting the brain then maybe your experiment as like children you get ex- um not experimental developmental delays um, in intelligence, yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, like, cos- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I
1: think I think that's a good part of like uh, when you talk about the nourishment of um, nourishment of the brain and stuff in development, uh, and you have a deficiency in the kidney, which controls the intelligence, you tend to get, you know, yeah, like your intellectual disabilities and all that. Um, I guess if you want to manifest that, like, so yeah, and that's I think every uh, organ um, deficiency when it comes to development has a effect when it comes to growing up as a kid. Like if someone, um, eats a lot that damages, eats really bad foods that damages the spleen when they're growing up, it's going to affect them develop. Uh, it's going to develop a lot of like gut issue health and a lot of spleen, um, issues down the track. So I guess when we talk about, uh, the kidney deficiency, uh, when they're growing up and controlling the intelligence, then that's, as you develop, you have an intellectual, disab- uh, sorry, intelligent, intellectual, intellectual disability. Um, it's just a part of like the developmental thing. I think as a mm, as an adult, when you're kind of getting that little of a kidney deficiency, that the, the same kind of pathogenesis, um, but more on the acute side, it's more like oh, I feel like it's I'm interpreting it as just a la- uh, being not being able to absorb information as good as uh, as you should, I guess. That was yeah, being able to focus
3: and stuff like that
1: yeah exactly yeah i think
2: you answered it pretty well I've, i think you can see the same sort of thing as well in older patients when their intelligence declines because as the as you get older the kidney also declines with age so then you can that's see really people um their iq slowly starts to decrease with time which is proven and it's like that's fine but you can see it as yeah, well.
3: Yeah, in terms of like forgetfulness and that brain fog, and you know, um, yeah, you can not see being able people to fetch that, information. Like a bilingual, a bilingual, um, as well, that learn that other language as adults, they'll slur- slowly lose their second language and, you know, go back to their, their native home mother tongue. Um, and, you know, that's just a natural part of life.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's pretty much how I see the brain. It's just like the conduit of all the organs coming out through the brain, and you're just your conscious is just there for the ride, sort of thing.
1: Damn! Okay, we gone real deep, real quick. (laughs) That sounds like a really good topic. Do you want to? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, What were you saying, Nick?
3: We only have like two two more uh, extraordinary things to go through than the gallbladder we might touch on again but can we just quickly touch on the blood vessels um, these the blood vessels obviously you know they they're the house for the blood um, they're these like roadmaps that we always talk about that help the blood and the chi flow through the body um, to each organ and to the peripherals there's not really much difference in terms of Western medicine and Chinese medicine for the real, like the real aspect of blood vessels.
1: That is so true. I, I have in the notes here. It's just controlled by the heart, <laughs> and heart controls movement through the blood through the vessels. I mean, it's kind of straightforward.
2: <laughs> so these these vessels, I think, shouldn't be confused with stuff like the Sanjiao, which we talked about, or oh, the Triple Energizer, which is a totally different. Vessel or pathway or highway or road, I guess with all these analogies, that's the difference between the vessels. Is that it's mainly for tree and blood that goes through. If I'm not wrong, on fluids.
3: I have here, just to throw you off completely. <laughs> blood vessels are the passageways of the middle burner. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Touché.
2: <laughs> Touché. Hey, well
3: there you go, mate. That's from could the spiritual axis. Could you could you explain
2: let's, let's f- why vessels only run through the middle channel?
3: Um they transport the refined food essence, qi and blood produced in the middle burner all over the body and nourish all the tissues. So they take that the rottening and ripening aspect which which sort of gets all the good stuff. And they transport that all over the body. Yeah, I suppose.
0: So it's different <laughs> from meridians.
3: Yes. Because <laughs> meridians are a whole different thing. But ooh, okay. Sure. Ah, got that's f- <laughs> no, I That's
1: so bad. no, ooh. no, no. That's. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold up, hold up. <laughs> Play U Soundtrack, uh, <laughs> Nah, hold up, because I'm not, saying, I'm not disagreeing with Chinese, this Chinese medicine theory at all, but when we have, <laughs> I guess, you know when we, when we learn about chi stagnation and blood stagnation, yeah? Do the vessels run alongside the meridians? Because they can have pain, we we can have pain at the same spots that cheese stagnations can. Sorry, you, you can have blood stagnations at the same positions that cheese stagnations can. Um, do they do vessels, meridians? Yeah, do vessels and meridians kind of run alongside each other? Not all at once. Uh,
3: good question. <laughs> good question. <laughs> I think, I think it's good to separate like vessels and meridians as two different entities. You know, like by what I was saying, vessels, they transport all that good nutrients. They do... They do that real... The real science-based bit of the body. You know, there actually has to be a solid... Um, a solid tube that transports blood around the body. Um, and... You know, they they would have seen this. They cut themselves open. They get a big gash fighting some, I don't know, Mongolian or something. Um, they can see the blood vessel. Just the stray you know, Mongolian <laughs> coming at you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> well, you know. I, I thought I was hearing China, things when you right. said Mongol. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> the
2: doctors are there with their telescopes just to look when Shat- they're attacking. <laughs> the Sh- shout out to Mulan. <laughs> Is that the Mongol? Yeah, if you look at uh, 45 minutes into Mulan, you can see a guy with the telescope. That's a Chinese practitioner looking out in the back. (laughs) That's the one. He's the one that's like, that's the Mongol.
1: (laughs) 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 Somebody gets cut open.
3: They can see the vessel. Um, Just like you can see the tendons. They can see the vessel that would have been filled with blood. Um, So obviously, they have to link that to how it works um, wherein meridians meridians follow like a cycle like a like the moon um, so that this is where the the, n- the natural chi flows through the body whereas vessels this is where all that nutritive chi the nutrigena chi that we are talking about um, <laughs> <laughs> helps the body be nourished which comes from that middle burner am I correct?
0: I agree. Does sure. that make sense, B? Cool. You've got your not owing face.
1: <laughs> okay, nah, nah. You got the.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, tell me more.
3: Ooh,
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't disagree. I, I so like rich. the explanation.
3: It. This is. Now this is where it gets tricky between Western medicine and Chinese medicine, and drawing that fine line. Because once you cross it, it's very hard to go back um and it it gets very confusing and very convoluted, and you start to explain to patients about Chinese medicine and Western medicine, and you just fall down this rabbit hole and you sound like you're crazy <laughs> um. <laughs> but if you If you separate the two, it makes it a bit easier, and you know you stay true to what Chinese medicine is, and you stay true to what Western medicine is.
1: And yeah. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I put um, the disclaimer. The Can I add to what you were saying? No no, okay. no, 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 Yeah. Um, that's why I put the disclaimer on, on before every episode to kind of, I don't think I explain it right, but try to take in the information that we talk about separate to the Western medicine and like, keep in mind that we typically know and learn about the Western medicine model of, um, of the body and anatomy and medicine itself. Um, Whereas the Chinese medicine, you kind of have to let go of the Western medicine side before you go into the um, Chinese medicine and all that. Um, and I just put that as a disclaimer at the start, because that way you can kind of like uh, prepare your brain to kind of disassociate them too for now. Um, yeah, I just want to add that. Really yeah. Quick.
3: And it makes it it makes it a little bit difficult with uh patients that come in with blood tests and results and you know all these western medicine diagnosis techniques um which are you know which we do use and which we do look at and still important then they want yeah they are important but then they want a western medicine answer from our chinese medicine diagnosis and it that's when it gets really tricky in terms of how to diagnose that way um Claire Pyers, is it Claire must be Claire from <laughs> she has a book out that talks about blood tests and what that means in Chinese medicine um which is it's an interesting read um, mm. yeah
1: yeah um
3: um anyways we have one we have one major extraordinary to go before we do yes any further
1: is it the gallbladder? Baby it's the uterus. Palace. Oh, baby where have we palace. got? Not gone through. Oh, right, major before. Yep, the uterus. Baby palace, the baby palace. Oh wow, it actually has baby yes, palace the here. Uterus, as your dad, as your dad. The uterus. <laughs> <laughs> as your dad, <laughs> Uterus, love it. This is. You as, probably this should have talked about
3: this it. at the start because this is massive. This is well, massive this will probably take us one one
1: to point. the end of the podcast. <laughs> yes. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, who wants to get started on this? Because this is a big one. Uh, sure. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, cool. All right, sweet. So, <laughs> um, it produces s-
0: menstruation and helps to conceive and hold the BB.
1: <laughs> the BB. It is controlled by the kidney. Um, the Jing plays a large role when it comes to the nourishment of the uterus. Um, it also needs constantly needs a rich supply of qi blood and essence to maintain good function and if i guess a lot of people know there's a lot of things that can go wrong with the uterus especially around period time there's you know your dysmenorrhea your amenorrhea all that um and i guess because there's so many things that it needs to have to maintain a good function it's very common to get those types of things when it comes to your period um you need to upkeep qi blood essence jing all that for it to maintain the good stuff so that's why uterus is very important but also uh, is kind of hard to upkeep um it's also related to the liver and a major uh, specifically the blood
3: and a major aspect of clinical diagnosis in females um you know we always it's, it's you know we're always looking back at menstruation and it's it is a really good indicator of sort of what's going on in the body. Um, it's a clear cut uh, every month or, you know, if they're missing it, that's that's another good diagnostic sign. Um, you know, we can always see the symptoms of the menstruation and be like, oh, well, there's these patterns happening. So let's link this back to the main problem. Um, I always find it a bit easier to sort of look at the menstruation and say, oh, well. There's some easy patterns to identify in
1: there, hundred percent. And like I like I was saying, you need so much of it. Sorry, it's it's linked to so many things that when you analyze the the period, it actually gives you a lot of information that you need uh, about their uh, body constitution, their their constitutional makeup, which is pretty cool. Actually, specifically, uh, yeah, specifically uh, according to again, sacred lotus is where I'm getting some more notes from. Um, the liver blood uh, does contribute to the uterus when it comes to a lot of menstrual problems, and also sterility. Um, I believe, also just from my own knowledge, that the kidney jing is also really important when it comes to sexual function and sterility. I feel like um, kidney, uh, kidney blood, I guess, and jing. A kidney it and that jing essence. is yeah. So kidney and jing also are more related to the sexual and reproductive disorders when it comes to the uterus, so the actual conception and that. Um, but also, on top of that, have we ever talked about the conception vessel before?
2: The chung and the Mai. Hmm. Ren, sorry, chung and the ren. ren. Yeah.
1: Chung, chung, ren, yeah. Have we, uh, have we discussed that yet?
0: No, not, no, really. not no. in detail. No.
1: Okay. Do we well, have time it's, today? not really. I, not really. No. <laughs> but um, the the uterus, I mean, self-explanatory. It's also related to the conception vessel, vessel which is, exists um, as a additional a, a, extra meridian, I guess, um, and that also is very um, important when it comes to you know uh, getting pregnant, and also um, it controls the obstructions. Within the conception vessels and keeps it free, um, so then the pregnancy can occur. Um, but it also relates to the Chong channel or the Sea of Blood channel, um, because it needs the Chong the Chong meridian needs to be well nourished for uh, for women to get pregnant, um, so then it can nourish the uterus too. Um, and what I've got I, written here.
3: What yep, I've got cool. written here that summarises it a little bit um, easily. Is that it's got spleen makes the blood, the Ren Mai provides the yin, the Chong provides the blood, and then it's also got the Du Mai, which is another one of those extra meridians um, that provides the yang. So with all these aspects, it you know adds to the adds to the uterus plus uh, what B was talking about with the liver. You know it um it provides the blood, and then the kidneys that provide the essence. So they all come together for the uterus, which houses the baby.
2: Yeah. I, f- I feel like we can do our own episode on just this topic. Just, yeah,
0: definitely. Just to clarify, the Ren Mai is also the conception vessel, and the Chong Mai is also referred to as the Sea of Blood, just because you use the names interchangeably there. so. Exactly. um if the viewers, listeners get kind of confused, just remember, the Chong Mai Chong Meridian is the conception vessel, and I mean, uh, <laughs> the Chong is the sea of blood, and the conception yeah. vessel is the Ren Mai or Ren Meridian. Meridian, yeah, yeah. Very
1: good. I get that confused too. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, just to sort of cap it off, should we talk about? the The uterus in men uh, not that men have uterus have a uterus, but the it's the um, the concept is still there in terms of storing essence um it's it's mentioned here is the dantian, which is like that or the the red field i don't know what that
1: oh uh, who was wondered what dantian it. was
3: it's Dun the t- room t- of t- essence it's
0: like the lower area like. Lower abdomen like area, yeah, where your essence and everything is stored. And when you do, like, deep breathing, especially in, like, Qigong, you kind of breathe into that area.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I've been doing Qigong lately. And like, <laughs> yeah. No, they, I've been doing Qigong lately, and they're, like, breathe into dantian. and I'm, like, I don't remember that. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I don't remember <that>. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, no, my mum
0: explained this to me, like, way back when I first started Chinese medicine, and she was like, do you know Dantian now? And I was like, do I know what?
1: (laughs) What that?
3: (laughs) Well, it's your house of essence. um, And that's, that's the equivalent in the male uh, for the uterus. Obviously we don't house babies. um, And, but we still need to use the Jing and our essence to create sperm, um, to to contribute somewhat to, to baby making. (laughs) Um, (laughs) here it is also said that um, the prostate is the equivalent organ which is again probably one of those western medicine concepts that's come across uh, yeah they're just trying to like
2: adapt it over to western med to help for understanding
3: yeah Um, does anybody have anything else I want to say
0: I'm good.
1: I talked a lot today.
0: Very informative. Talked
1: a lot of nonsense. (laughs) Ah, shut your face, Mr. ISO Beard. Relax, yeah.
3: (laughs) Hey, mate. This is just this is
1: two week growth. Your boy, your boy, looking like he's chopping wood right now. (laughs) Where's your flannel, mate? (laughs) Let's sign off. Good.
0: As always, thank you for listening to the Forever Young Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and join our Facebook discussion page. We've... And...
3: (laughs) (laughs) And, as always, (laughs) we're the Forever Young Podcast and you'll hear from us next time. (laughs)
2: Bye.
3: Bye. Bye!